0: Of Run Podcast. What do you do these days? Mostly running, Alan. Running. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! It's coming on!
1: coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by zebra. starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run Podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin. Joined by Jason Halpin. I'm in Austin, Texas. Jason, as always, in Las Vegas, Nevada. How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm, I'm doing really good. That was, a, that was a hell of a week. I mean, we, we thought Rome would be pretty good, and it was kind of delivered in every way possible, and we thought NCAAs would be good, and it was way better than that.
1: <laughs> That's a good way to sum it all up, I think. NCAAs yeah, is like, good, but way better. Rome feels like a year ago now. Right. <laughs> it feels extremely dated, but we'll, we'll talk about Rome for sure. We'll also answer emails. We got a lot of people writing in on the state versus states debate, and I
0: think I got swayed.
1: No, there's a lot of wrong people in our. In yeah, boxes. I think I got. Wait. I
0: think I, th- there's a lot of good arguments in there that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't really have a counter for that. Oh. So state, states, whatever you want to call it, I think you're good. No,
1: nope, I'm taking a shovel <laughs> and digging even deeper. I got counters to all these. <laughs> States people out there who think that that's the right way to say it, Um, you are wrong. And I'll explain. I'll explain probably five different times because I didn't organize the emails by topic. And a lot of people Mm. included it in as like a a one paragraph addendum. Right. Some chose to make it the entire body of the email, which I respect. And I, I appreciate everybody writing in. But again, states people are wrong. (laughs) <laughs> now, a lot of people use Jason's own words against him, and we'll get to this later, but that's why I think you are more reluctant to change. I guess our-, our I, To be honest, I, words,
0: I, okay? only, I, I don't think I saw that argument, um, but I'm sure, I mean, I the amount of just nonsense I say here, I, I could be t- t- turned, yeah. you know, basically in anything because I just spew things that don't make any sense and make up words and phrases, but- um, no, it just I just saw a few of the a few of the things. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's it's hard to argue with.
1: Yeah, we've even got some writing in from Belgium. Nice to give their opinion That's, on this.
0: I want to go. I want to go to Belgium. <laughs> best best beers
1: in the world. It's gotten global at this point. Again, we'll do that in the email segment at the end. We'll also preview this week's Diamond League meets Rabat. Yeah. we got a double diamond this Meats. week. Yeah, you always you always got to cram both of them in if you can. <laughs> One on makes total sense to have. Two in the same week. One on Sunday in Rabat, and then Oslo was Thursday. So by the time people listen to this, Oslo may have already passed. Maybe Rabat even passed. Maybe the year is 2023, and the only signs of our presence are, are these podcasts. I'll also talk about the IAAF changing their name, which will be a fun topic. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to mention off the top, um, we, like everybody else in the running community, thinking a lot about Gabe Grunwald. This week, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure people have seen the posts on social media that her husband has been uh, putting out there. They trends obviously, Gabe's been dealing with cancer for a number of years now and has been so valiant and and open about all um of her health difficulties, almost qualified for an Olympic team while dealing with it. They transitioned right. her to to comfort care recently. and Justin grunwald her husband, as I said, has been, Updating on Instagram and Twitter, so I'm sure people uh, have seen those posts. But just wanted—I mean, it just terrible, unfortunate situation, obviously. But we, you, and I had the opportunity to talk to her just just once, I believe, right when she came on yeah. the show. And I know everybody's kind of sharing their memories uh, of Gabe this week. Ours isn't a, a big or, or significant one in in any way, shape, or form. But we talked to her after. She won rightfully won that U.S. title, right in the yeah. in, in the indoor. Um, was it? I don't even remember. If it Was a three thousand or a two mile? Because it was immaterial. And then got DQ'd, and we talked to her uh, in in the aftermath, and of, you know couldn't be nicer. So everything that everybody's saying, I just is a further further testament to that. So I just wanted to to put that out there at the beginning of the show.
0: Yeah, but you know, you. I'm sure. Yeah, if anyone's on running Twitter at all, there's. So many arguments, but none about just how awesome Gabe Groomwald is, and just feel terrible for her and her family. Obviously, just uh, really, really sad because yeah, she she couldn't have been nicer to us, and it seems like she couldn't have been nicer to everyone. So it's just uh, yeah, really, really tough scenario.
1: With with like situations like this, you always hear about like the people I think who like face it head on, like her. Mm-hmm. So I I think it gets accepted that that's the norm when. I know it's not always the case and like what, what she's done these past couple of years is just, is just remarkable, right? Like when you actually think about what she's had to deal with and how she's continued to run and also just be, be so optimistic um, about life and about running and, and about how she just chose to view the world. And um, again, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's everybody. And I think that's what obviously uh, makes her so special. So, Again, no easy transition from this into talking about silly running stuff, but thinking a lot about her this week, um, as is the rest of the running world. So with that being, yeah,
0: and she has that uh, brave like Gabe uh, website, right? Yes, you could like donate to to research and stuff like that. So if uh, yeah, if you want to do that, that's obviously always always a good thing to uh, to donate to that kind of stuff. So I'm sure she would, you know, her and everyone else would appreciate it.
1: Let's talk about the Rome Diamond League meet now, Jason. Which happened was it last last Wednesday? So basically six yeah. six days ago. Main headline here: Michael Norman beat Noel in a two hundred. Whew!
0: I mean, it's. I mean, I thought it would be. We, we thought, you know, hey, this would be kind of close, and Norman. I mean, just shot out like a cannon. Like I mean, he was so so good, and we're used to seeing. Lyles close on people in the last part of a 200, mm-hmm. but Norman's a 400 meter runner and <laughs> we're used to seeing him close. Right. Like crazy in that. So Lyles closed a little, he did close a little bit and it was making it a little closer. Uh, 1970, 1972, very good times. Maybe I was hoping, you know, I, I was, it's still kind of early. I was hoping for something even crazier, but that's like the fact that we got Norman V. Lyles just at all is awesome. Uh, the fact that the best 400 meter runner in the world, beat the best 200 meter runner in the world and then a couple weeks ago the best 200 meter runner in the world beat the best 100 meter runner in the world and these guys are all super young and so talented like th- it it's all, like it just makes f- for that much more interesting things i mean norman like we, i mean we knew he'd be really good in the 2 but lyle seemed almost unbeatable um yep. and that's not to say that this is that Lyles can't be Norman because of course he can and hey we've got a long way to go until the world championships but like this was this was everything you would have wanted this race to be and just men's sprints in general I mean particularly on the American side obviously because that's where so much of the young talent is like this is like the best case scenario for just like excitement and amazing times and amazing rivalries.
1: You said it. the The best man in the four hundred beat the best man in the two hundred, but that man doesn't plan on running the two hundred, and the best man in the two hundred <laughs> beat the best man in the hundred, yep. and he may not run the hundred. Yeah. Wild.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. So it's I mean, Lyle's. I think at this point, I think he's got to run the two one, right? I mean, let's say that. And Norm with the four two, but the four two is not doable,
1: right? The four two is not. But- Doable at Worlds, I don't think, but it's more doable at USA's because you could put your worst event or less great event <laughs> right. second, whereas Lyles would have to run the hundred off the top. Let's look at this. Let's go to our my my Doha schedule here, which again never makes any sense, right? Because they decided to take a ten day meet and screw it all up here. So men's four hundred. Oh, men's four hundred. Remember, doesn't start till October first, right? That's our first. Round of okay. men's four hundred. When does the two hundred even start? Lost in a glass case of.
0: I feel like we've done this like eight times on the show, and I keep forgetting. Well, it. I never remember
1: which one it is. Yeah. And I would think the two hundred would be towards the back end of this meet, but I'm not seeing it here. Uh, men's two. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, which, well, yeah, which is uh, I don't yeah. know maybe. So men's two hundred semifinals. So it would be it would go like this men's 200 first round would be on a sunday then on a okay. monday it would be men's 200 semis uh yeah semi final thank you and then the morning of oh okay so here's the problem <laughs> on tuesday the 400 okay. the 400 meter o- opening round would be in the morning and the 200 final would be at the in the night Mm. and then on i mean that's not that's, terrible I, though
0: it yeah that's i mean that makes it doable i think at least i mean it's not ideal obviously but i for some reason I, in my head this was one of those like 40 minutes apart type ones but it doesn't seem like it is
1: no it's not and then and then it's weird because then so that's tuesday right and then wednesday
0: would it's a women's four two right because yeah. sean and miller yeah. can't do both yeah. that's right that's the nonsense one okay so then
1: so then on wednesday men's 4 in semifinal. And then they have Thursday. He would conceivably have Thursday off because that makes sense. And then Friday would be the men's 400 final.
0: Okay. Yeah. He needs to do this then. This is totally doable. Yeah. It would just be that Tuesday. Because Norman could cruise that first 400 really, really easily.
1: Yeah. It's opening round. It's at 1635 local time. So it'll probably be 1635 degrees. And then he doesn't need to run. He wouldn't need to run the 200 final until 2240. So that would be what? Oh, so that's eight hours? Yeah.
0: That's this is absolutely doable yeah this is yeah so he should do this i hope he does accumulation um, of races though over double.
1: all those days though that's what's going to be tough
0: yeah but the extra day off in between the semis and the finals for the 400 is
1: good didn't we have the same conversation about mandy kirk <laughs> no
0: absolutely hey it's obviously it's it's hashtag easy double but um man it's it's and like hey if you made me if you said norman's going to do it do the double and Lyles is going to do the double like I'm still I think it would take Lyles to win the 200 go you know like in the in the uh world championships but man we need Norman in there that's going to be so much more interesting
1: I agree I agree it would be amazing and I want to see Lyles in there for the uh for the hundred too it would just be sensational yeah. I was gonna say, was that the best start of Michael Norman's career, but <laughs> do we really ever pay attention to Michael Norman's start 'cause most of the, he, the last couple of years mostly just been running these awesome four hundreds, and that's yeah, the last
0: thing we look at usually <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't expect like I mean, yeah we know like Coleman obviously is, a, is that's that crazy good starter, and like we see those type of guys Gatlin, you know guys who just fly out of the blocks, and Lyles is I don't think necessarily a bad starter, but he's not one of those guys. he's more just like he's going to get faster. The, as the race goes on. Um and you would have thought that about a four hundred guy with Norman. But right. if he can get out of the blocks like that, I mean that's and, and you know, maybe not that every time, but if he's if he's mm-hmm. that kind of level, and I guess he's built more like a Coleman Gatlin type thing, as opposed to Lyle seems a little more like wiry. I don't know what's the right word is, but um like Norman's just like, you know, super muscular, maybe just can fly out of the blocks. Like that makes him obviously just he's
1: tall though too. Nor- yeah, Norman I guess Stall. So. I mean, he's not like a like Coleman is just like a rocket coming out of the blocks, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. It's it's like I said, we haven't really paid attention to his starts before. But um, if he's anything close to that, then he, hey, if you can if you can get up on Lyles in yeah. the first fifty meters, and obviously he's going to close really well, and maybe maybe he doesn't close quite as fast as Lyles in the two. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But like, if you if he can get that lead. Really hard to to gain on the best 400 meter runner in the world, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's I mean, he he, he
1: tried, and against anybody else, he would have been able to overcome that deficit. Yeah, but oh, unquestionably, yeah. But Norman had enough of a lead and and enough strength of the last fifty to where Lyles couldn't reel him all the way back in. He made it very very close. Other highlights in this meet: six dudes broke thirteen in the five k, which was fast. Yeah, uh, Ganzibar Baba and Laura Muir, had a close one. Debaba won it in 356. Jenny Simpson was fourth in 401. Which I think it's a pretty good start for, for her, actually, all things considered. Yeah, she was
0: way... She was in, like, ninth in the final lap, going into the final lap or something like that. She was way, way back. Yeah. And she basically... I mean, I, I, I don't... I think the days of Jenny Simpson running 356 are gone, Um, but that doesn't mean her chances of, like, meddling in a championship are gone, because mm-hmm. they're not going to run 356 in the championship, I don't think. Um, And she... Will basically just like put herself in perfect position and try to you know take down people and she yeah passed half the field in that <laughs> last lap so i mean like I, I think she's like i said like that was a, a really good performance from her uh, i think i picked mirror to win this race over to baba but that was a really great matchup between those two mm-hmm. and uh yeah the women's 1500 just continues to be so much better than the men's 1500 it's not even
1: close and then we had elaine thompson your favorite runner. Yeah.
0: There it is. Finally something to 1089 to to see. Yeah, I mean it was she was like I said just caught in that just middle ground where we didn't know exactly what was what to expect from her cuz she never had quite, you know, like gotten back looked dominant or anything like that. The second half of this race, she closed like a multiple time Olympic and world champion and she did it on Dean Asher Smith who's been up to this point was probably the you know the favorite in the hundred like who looked stronger than everybody else and you know hey who knows what happens from here on out but like elaine thompson is back at least like that you run 1089 and you beat asher smith and you do it with that kind of closing and she had uh, by far the slowest reaction time in the whole field and she started not that great um that that's a really really good
1: sign and you might say, "Oh, that was the best women's hundred meter performance of the weekend," and that was the be- <laughs> that makes her the overwhelming favorite, or not even the overwhelming favorite. Maybe it makes I her feel like
0: you're winding up to something, Kevin. A
1: favorite. Here comes the pitch. <laughs> Sha'Carri Richardson. Wow! All nineteen years of age, went nine 9- ten point seven five.
0: I know you said like, like multiple, multiple times on the hundred like hey it's actually who doesn't slow down the most and doesn't speed up you can't convince me that richardson wasn't just like <laughs> increasing speed like she had some sort of like rocket boosters on her in the second half of that race that was Jeez. that was insane
1: oh it was it was unbelievable it was unbelievable i mean he comes in with a 10-9 personal best and she ran a 10-9 low but it was wind aided on that same track and she's built i'd say similar to shelly Ann fraser price v- okay yeah short powerful yeah come out of the blocks but the last the last My 50 <laughs> i don't want to do it i don't want to say it jason but it, it looked kind of bolty to me
0: oh, especially when you raise your hands oh. five meters before the finish line that that, that that also helps it look a little bolty
1: guess who the biggest fan of that was in the stadium watching this race oh it was me early yeah just because i knew i was like this is going to bother jason so much with this early celebration <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I, I mean i'm not bo- i mean i guess you know hey what'd she lose a couple hundredths a few hundredths maybe yeah um, who knows
1: who knows we'll never know
0: whatever it was but she's still ran 10.75 and i'm still just blown away by that second 50 or the second 45 because she stopped those last five years <laughs> but uh, um no I, this was absolutely i i just like i said you go from you know like, hey ten nines, like you're really really good mm-hmm. and you're you know, like, have a, have a great future, and then you drop 1075, and you just, you know, celebrate it, like, that was just such an amazing performance, I was watching it, like, I had to watch it, like, three or four times in a row, because <laughs> just seeing someone close like that, like I said, you know, Thompson doing that, Dasher Smith, it was like, oh, that looked really good, and then it was just like, oh, let's see what happens if we up that, like, by, like, three
1: times, She, and it was, man, she was highly recruited obviously out of high school. Yeah. But this was a leap forward that no one could have seen coming this within this season, right? You just don't go oh, from right. you don't go from 109 to 1075 in one race. Right? I mean, now smashes the collegiate record. Only eight women in history have run faster than her yeah. in the 100. And then she came back in the 200, lost by .01 to Angie and Alice, who was a defending champion, but broke Allison Felix's U-20 record, ran twenty two seventeen.
0: I mean, it was just... You break an Allison Felix record, that's usually pretty good. I
1: think Felix actually ran faster one time, but the time didn't get ratified for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And who knows if this gets ratified because of all the paperwork and stuff. But the point is, she ran it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even care about that. She like, went 10
1: and then 22-17. And it's just, it's just crazy to go from, yeah, maybe like women's sprints this year in the NCAA, it's wide open, a lot of the big names graduated. She could she could sneak out a title. She could run you know, 1092, 1094, and then maybe she goes on to U20, U.S. U20s and runs something. Or maybe she's really ambitious. She continues through to USAs. Maybe she makes a final. That would be pretty cool. To like one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I mean it's <sighs> – yeah, it, it's just it was such a such a leap and you know, hey, I I have no doubt her future is is insanely insanely bright. You know, you want to see her do something close to this again? Right. Cuz I, I mean there there are those sometimes kind of one-off stuff like I don't think that hey, she'll she'll never run fast again kind of thing, but like this was just so surprising and you know, hey, it was legal and it was it was amazing and now I'm like, okay, yeah, like I really hope and I want her to, you know, go run ten eight something mm-hmm. at, at another race, just just to be like, okay, for sure. She's she's one of the best in the world. She's she's competing for a gold medal right now, kind of thing.
1: Is she the gold medal favorite for Doha?
0: It's so far away and we just have a hard time with with college athletes mm-hmm. trying to kind of hold that form through. And I just it, I think she's certainly among them, but I'm not willing to give her just like what the 1075 probably deserves, mm-hmm. just because we, we're still months away and she's ahead of the pros. But granted, you know, no pro has <laughs> run 1075 in what like three or four years. It's been a uh, while.
1: So I think Elaine Tom- I, was so, Elaine Thompson the last one. The
0: Thompson was the last one, yeah. And and you know, hey, if if Thompson all of a sudden, you know, she runs 108, and if she gets into the high 107s, like. Okay, that's really, really interesting. But she, yeah, she's on the short list. It's just just because of the history we've had with with some college athletes trying to kind of keep that form for, you know, seven straight months, and it's even later this year, is is can be can be really difficult.
1: Yeah, so Thompson ran ten seventy one in twenty seventeen.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, that was <laughs> you know, at that point she was obviously unequivocally the best in the world and was on a run like you know that yeah. she looked like she could catch Shelly and Fraser Price kind of thing, like as as like just the most dominant uh, thing ever. And hey, she's she's on her way back. But yeah, I mean that just was such a such an amazing race.
1: I will say this: conditions were perfect for sprinting. It was for the, sure. The wind was plus one point six, and it was hot out there. And these athletes are obviously peaking for this for point sure. of the season. So I'm with you. I'm not gonna say yeah she's for sure gonna keep running off like these type of times all summer I think and the the layoff or the delay between now and we don't even know if she's gonna run it but the lay, right. the, the time between should, now but yeah. yeah the time between now and USA's and then the time between USA's and Worlds is so long and you combine that with the fact of you gotta get through all those rounds I still would be surprised obviously if she won gold Yeah, but I think if you were looking at this on the on the board in Vegas, she'd have to be a favorite for a medal at this point, at the very least.
0: Right? Yeah. And she she like I said she just instantly threw herself into the conversation where she really, you know, before I mean before this race, she was an underdog to make the team. Right. I mean, for the U.S. Yeah, fifty fifty.
1: It's just that event's so weird because Tori Bowie. Yeah. Who knows what that? Yeah, we don't really know. Like her, like we've seen her race, but we don't know what sort of form she's in. She
0: she could get to, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think you would have had to say she's an underdog. I mean, Aaliyah Hobbs has been running well in the Diamond League, so yeah, yeah. She she would have been an she would have been a huge surprise before this weekend if she made if she finished top three at USA's for sure. That would been like,
0: oh, this is awesome.
1: Good for her. Like that's that's cool. Now it's yeah. I didn't pick her to win this race. There were there were three (laughs) other women. In this race, who had run around the same time, That and you had good arguments for Richardson, but you also had good arguments for three other women in yeah. there, and I didn't pick her. So, yeah, of, co- of course. And all those other women are American, so you add those in the mix. No, I don't think anybody—nobody seriously would have been like, yeah, before this weekend, she can make the U.S. team. Right. And holy crap. Did you see the 4 by one by chance, the women's 4 by one Because she was— they, they, they ended up getting second, but she just just yeah. chewed up. I mean, it was incredible just how much ground she covered. And she made up a gap on USC, who's – that was the third-best woman in the Open 100. <laughs> right. <laughs> Winning by two tenths at an NCAA final is bananas. And every year there's a surprise. I think that was the, the surprise that the previous day Grant Holloway and Daniel Roberts combined for, <sighs> I think, the best race – of the weekend yes. in terms of head-to-head, 1298 to 13 flat. I still say that will probably be the best high hurdle race of the year. I hope I'm wrong because i like to see these these two guys especially keep going after it. They're both going to go pro. But that that lived up to it. That lived up to it. That was two people who were running in the high-pressure situation, the apex of this college season, and they brought the best out of each other, kind of like the opposite of the NBA Finals. Um, I don't talk about any other sport now on this podcast. <laughs> this is strictly a running podcast, so I'm not going to deviate into that and talk about missed opportunities and people missing. This was not that, and it was part of an amazing day for Holloway. It was on Florida's 4x1 team that set the collegiate record, and then he split 43.75 in the 4x4. He doesn't run anchor, but this is like his last meet. He's like, I'll run anchor. and just. <laughs> Dropped a four and race. yeah, he
0: he got he ended up getting second, which you know he was he was way behind and still just that was an amazing. Lead. Yeah, closed closed incredibly. Um, yeah, that that race Holloway Roberts. I mean, it was it had all of the hype. You know, it was I mean Norman Lyles. Like, I mean, it was a similar type thing where it was like it had all the hype and can it actually live up to that? And it one hundred percent did. I mean, it was. I think you, you you had them both under thirteen, which I'm going to give you credit here. It was twelve ninety eight and thirteen flat, so and close, setting the college so collegiate record and tying the collegiate record. I think I think you get full full marks for that. So well <laughs> done. It was just yeah phenomenal. I mean Holloway, you know, Roberts was closing good that second half of that race.
1: Talk about people who could have run faster at the line. Holloway didn't lean.
0: Yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, you know, I, yeah. I guess you told me he said he you know he thought it wanted on the. Over the final hurdle, which yep. he technically was correct, but I don't think he realized how close Roberts was, uh, right there because it was it was it was really close. So it's cool yeah, to have that. that was, it was everything you want. I
1: knew I had it. I knew I had it because I was .02 <laughs> ahead of him.
0: Yep, yep. He was right. I mean, he
1: <laughs> made it interesting, but he was right. Never a doubt. I mean, what a he's been so much fun to to cover the last couple of years too, and beat these meets, and I'm sure he's gonna do the same thing when he gets into USAs and then pro meets as well too. Just, just oh yeah just an insanely insanely charismatic guy but the, yeah i was i was hoping it would live up to it not just because i said it would because i really thought it would it was everything was pointing yeah. in one direction after the prelims when robert's pr in the prelims ran 1306 mm-hmm. holly's was, was slower but they were in different heat so it didn't really matter and i said okay this is this is for sure on but then in the back of their head you're always worried about a False start or an injury or something. And it's
0: the hurdles, yeah. So it's like weird stuff can happen.
1: Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't. It was. Uh, it, it was. It was great. It was a great moment. And then he came into the mix zone and he yelled, "Eat your words." And we don't know why he said that, but he kept yelling it, and it was awesome. And then we asked him, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "You know what I mean." And I was like, "I really don't. I don't know, man."
0: <laughs> was there anyone who was like Grant Holloway is not that good? Like, is there? Is just that somebody? Well, did somebody have that that take?
1: I'm sure someone picked against him because. I mean Roberts is really good.
0: So yeah, it's it's if the you're, two best solid yeah, yeah. hurdles ever.
1: Right, right, right. And and uh Roberts beat him at SECs, right? Uh they were pretty close to each other at prelims, they weren't in the same heat. And then Holloway called himself the underdog <laughs> coming in, which was an awesome
0: awesome is mind not true, game. But
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. But he we asked him to explain it and he said, Well, you lose the SEC championship; that's a major conference title, then that person should be considered the favorite. But then it's funny to do that and then turn around and say, "Eat your words." Well, yeah, you just said right? that. Maybe he was
0: talking to himself.
1: Yeah. No, it was. He's so much fun. So much yeah. fun.
0: Oh no, he's yeah, he's fantastic, and he yeah, I mean, he what else can you do? He yeah, the, ran the four by one, the four by four, high hurdles, and he's you know one of the best in the world at all of them.
1: Yeah. That would be interesting to see him get on that US four by four team.
0: Yeah. I mean it's, he's split under 44 multiple times now. Yeah. Um I mean who's the list of guys you want over him? Michael Norman.
1: Yeah. And for sure right now I think it's just Michael Norman. Yeah. I mean right. that's the
0: only guy you could say who is absolutely, you know, a better 400 meter runner. Um but then he is he is right in that same list with, you know, uh you know, Benjamin and Curly I guess, you know, like I mean, there is a lot yeah. of guys there, but I would put him I, I would put him right up near the top.
1: Do you know who's gonna want to run the four x four? Grant Holloway is gonna wanna run the four x four. Oh,
0: a hundred percent. And he's gonna and
1: advocate to run the four x four, I'm guessing, for years and years to come for, for the US.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The dude doesn't yeah, he he's if we've got like a LaShawn Merritt type guy who just wants is gonna want to race everything, then this is this might be him. <laughs>
1: this is it. Other sprint news, geez, Divino Doduru, nineteen eighty six, and then an Sorry, 986. 986. Excuse me, in 1973. That was a pretty good double for that him. That
0: double, and you you get like ninth mention on the show. That's a pretty good weekend. But I don't. Of
1: yeah. Yeah, but I I think it's third. I think it's behind Richardson. I think it's definitely behind Holloway. And then how about this one? Janique Brown of Arkansas runs 1240 in the hurdles, just misses Brian McNeil, formerly Brian Rollins' record of 1239. And yeah. She set the Jamaican record. I mean, that was legit.
0: Um, yeah, what to do? I mean, that 986 1973 and I mean, you mentioned it was a perfect day for sprints basically. I think he had .8 or something like that or mm-hmm. around for for both races. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those were <laughs> fantastic times and like that's I mean that immediately I mean we it, it wasn't super I mean, I guess those aren't like completely out, you know, outlier times for yeah, him he's, or you're just yeah. shocked by that. Uh, but still, those are that's a that's a hell of a double.
1: And he's going to be at the World Championships. I mean, he runs for Nigeria, so he he won't yeah. have to go through, I don't think, as rigorous a, a trials as an American sprinter. He will be he'll be on the line. I think he could be a type of guy who sneaks in, especially in the two hundred for a medal. Long way away, but I think it's possible that he could.
0: Oh yeah, he could he could easily be in that that group. Um, you know that that like it. it Obviously, you have Lyles, and then if you have if Norman decides to run it, like he's in that next group, yeah. I think, with you know, whoever you want to put it.
1: Whoever ran 19 that particular week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mondo lost in the pole vault, and yeah. then he went pro, and he's in a vault on Thursday in Oslo. So life comes at you fast. Right. There. Kept his collegiate record, though. The guy who beat him, Chris Nilsson, took shots at the collegiate record, but, but didn't get it. So Mondo keeps the collegiate record, has an indoor title, and now we'll be going pro some distance stuff. My gosh, this woman's 1500 was crazy. Cause yeah. I looked at my phone before the race and it said, feels like 91. Uh, the actual temperature is like maybe 92 or 93 or something. And they went out and in a championship race ran the second and third fastest collegiate times ever Sinclair Johnson and Jessica Hall. Wow. Yeah. So like I don't four or or uh yeah it was it 405 406 i can't remember it
0: was yeah it was one of those two but it was it, especially in that kind of weather
1: dude it was like a high school race and i mean that in a good way because someone went out really fast and they all followed them, and then that person kind of fell back and then another person pushed the, like everybody just wanted to like lead you know how everybody in high school kind of wants to lead because they want someone to yell their name at least, that's, right. at least that's what i always thought i never led but that's well, And you
0: mean. just want to pr in every race like when you're in high school it's like that's the only goal yeah right I mean, exactly
1: Exactly. That's what this was like. It just kept going and going and going, and even up to the very end because Hull took the lead with 300 to go. And I thought that's kind of early. She's got a really good kick. She could wait till 100 to go. She could just go off the curve. But she went with 300 to go, and then Johnson passed her down the home stretch. But yeah, 405.98 for Johnson. 406.27 for Hull. I mean, wow. In, yeah. In that heat. Now, Jenny Simpson's collegiate record, we should say, is 359. That's so crazy. So it's a little that's different. Such a
0: massive gap.
1: It's, it's a little different, but props to them for getting after. I mean, they they were five seconds ahead of third. Yeah, I mean that's just that's not a margin you normally see in a championship setting. It was it was a great race, and I asked Hall after, say, "Hey, like, because she's like, oh, I, first thing I saw the time, I was like thrilled with the time. Like she just kept talking about the time, the time, the time, the time." And I said, "Well, did you?" did you want to go with 300? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to go with 300. really wanted to get like a good time. And then I said, well, did you sacrifice some of your ability to win because you wanted to run fast? And she was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Well, okay. She said she wanted to run a race that she was proud of. Hey, can't argue with that. And I was like, well, I'm on this show every week like yelling at the men's 1500 for doing the opposite. <laughs> so then when someone does it, I was like, wow, this is pretty neat. It's pretty yeah. neat. So credit to her, credit for Johnson for for winning. Johnson will be back next year, and now she's thinking about maybe doing USA's. We'll see. All Australian, so I don't know what their qualification system is like, but it was just a a weird thing. Like, yeah, you don't anticipate Shakari Richardson running ten seventy five and Janique Brown running twelve forty. Wow, that's that's an all timer, right? But then you're also there's also like these performances that just are like. So, against what the conditions would seem to allow, and that would be one of them right there.
0: Yeah. No, that absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And it still just highlights Jenny Simpson being six seconds ahead of the second best time ever.
1: It's stupid. (laughs) It's like stupid how good she was in college. Yeah. I don't think we, well, I didn't at the time appreciate it. I thought, oh, this is just going to be the natural order of things, huh? But it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous looking at some. Well,
0: right. yeah, and, and we weren't doing the show when she was in college.
1: No, um, but I definitely was. Yeah, that's true. But I was definitely like watching her do these things. She ran, okay. So she ran that that five thousand meter record, mm-hmm. which was well, that was when she was Behringer still. So maybe her, maybe it's listening to Behringer. I want to get this right. She went wire to wire. Like to set yeah, the collegiate record. That's
0: okay. just said. Screw it. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah,
1: from the gun at Peyton Jordan. Like that was it. Just twelve and a half laps completely by herself. No rabbit, nothing. That was it.
0: Yeah, that's that's like that's that that's that you know the high school kid who's too good who's just clearly too good for the environment they're in and it's just like well, I could yeah I could I could take it easy and win this you know in my sleep or I could just say screw it and like I mean running a five thousand by yourself and. Setting the record is, oh, fifteen fifteen oh seven. She did fifteen oh seven. It exhausts me.
1: In in oh nine, she did fifteen oh seven. A hundred percent by herself. Yeah, at Peyton Jordan. Not at the NCAA Championships. A little different, but she also ran some some like ridiculous times there too. I mean, just just incredible. um Mark McDonald beat Grant Fisher again. Yeah. In the five thousand. Ali Ostrander won her third steeple. Danny Jones won the five thousand, just her fifth race since cross country season. Redshirted cool. indoors and then ran a meet at the end of April because she was her then she ran conference, then she ran prelims, and then she ran nationals. And she won. That was it.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll work.
1: <laughs> she works quickly. It was pretty impressive. Right. The men's 15 and steeple, you know, they weren't incredibly fast times, but crazy finishes.
0: Yeah, steeple was ridiculous. I mean, the double fall. The double fall, what'd the double you, fall what, yeah. What'd I you
1: mean, think? It's... Mikulski takes a header over the final uh, water pit. Yep. So then Stephen he's in the lead and he hits the last barrier, but he has enough time to get up and, and finish and, and get the national title
0: yeah that and that's hard like i mean it's obviously i've never run anything close to that level or even run the steeplechase at all but if you have some sort of fall or something like sometimes your legs just turn to lead because you went from running for the past eight minutes to Mm -hmm. just you know being on the ground and so the fact that yeah he was able you know he had enough of a gap to get up and, and still finish that race that was that was pretty cool i mean that's that's the steeple like in a in a nutshell right there
1: yeah they're so dramatic. To, like, all the stuff's yeah. happening the last 150. Whew, that was a good one. Some drama in the women's 4x4. USC. Dropped the baton. Oh, yeah. Which sucks. It was tied going into the last event. So Yeah, which is... I mean, like,
0: you know, I, I've never been a... Uh, like, hey, you know, team titles. Like, okay, fine. But this is the one time that, like... Oh, it's awesome! This is what you want the four the four by four? It's like you know the two top teams racing and both having like pretty equal teams, and it's like whoever wins this has it. Yeah. And it was so it's like that that is the one time I will like really be excited about a team title and track. Um, you know, a, a cockrell she she just seemed like I mean you know where, where she dropped the baton she, she seemed like she was slipping back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean it was crowded. It's a four by four. It's you know kind of crazy. And I, I I love what the the coach said afterwards. He's like. Not gonna, you know, do a complaint or yeah, a she said she wasn't, file gonna, yeah, thing. she said
1: she wasn't gonna protest, yeah, yeah, which is
0: which is good. Like, it's like the four by four, and it was crazy. It did seem like she was, she was co- coming back to it a little bit, and then it got even more crowded. Well, she said and she that, was
1: getting ready to like start her kick, which I don't, again, it's hard to tell because everybody runs the 400 differently, and yeah, there, there are people who like conserve and then push, so yeah, it was spaced out okay, and then all of a sudden it ended up being like six teams jumbled in there with like 100 to go in the third leg it's like okay this is gonna end yeah. badly. this is not gonna work yeah and, and
0: hey she absolutely might have been able to start starting her kick right there it looked like she was struggling bad um but i it, like i said everyone kind of runs it differently so it could have been could have been completely completely different it was just the way you know she had like i said good amount of space it was kind of open and then she was going backwards in that third hundred of that race and it just yeah, got got really crowded and you know, hey, that's that kind of stuff happened. It's a bummer though, because it, it obviously oh, yeah. took away from what was a super exciting, just like close, you know, team race.
1: The stumble is one thing. Okay, you can recover from that, you lose a little bit of time, but the baton yeah, that's, falling yeah. to the track, that's cruel. That's just that's not good. And then it's it's no one's fault. It reminded me a little bit of uh, women's eight hundred at the trials. Yeah. Last time, it's it's like well, whose fault was it? And then you watch the tape a million times, like, well, maybe
0: <laughs> I still don't know.
1: It's no, yeah, we're still figuring that out. Uh, it's season five of Serial, and that makes it worse. Like, because there's no one's fault, it almost makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. Can...
0: It's like that's the race, I guess. Like that's just part of what can happen. You can
1: yeah, you can't, you can't do it again. Yeah. Right, and even if you do protest, what are you going to protest at that point?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you don't even know, you know. Yeah, you you know, it, it, yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Which is, yeah, it's just just a brutal. You know, feel you, you feel for her, obviously. Like, even if she was falling back and she wasn't going to have this great kick, mm-hmm. and like her team still would have been in the race, and the anchor leg would have had a chance to to do something. Yeah. So it would, you know, it's just like it, it's a, that's the that's the the toughest part.
1: To well, and the anymore. anchor leg was the NCAA indoor four hundred champ who would be running fresh because she got hurt at prelims, so didn't make the the open four. Right. So that's who was waiting to carry the stick. So it would, yeah, you're right. There's no way it wouldn't have been interesting. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, if she just managed to get it, but yeah, tough, tough end. Pretty, I mean, that's a 180 from USC's finish last year when they had the miraculous comeback with Kendall Ellis on anchor. Shows, shows you both sides of the whole, the whole track world. As Brenda Martinez once said, Jason, track doesn't care about your feelings. That, that is very true. Truer words have never
0: been spoken. But man, that NCAA, like it's, I'm just, I'm still blown away because we had talked about, hey, uh, NCAA is not nearly as exciting going into it as last year, just because last year was so comical with the amount of talent that was yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and then you get just fastest ever collegiate record, world lead, mm-hmm. like just in all of these events that you weren't even necessarily thinking going into it, and it was just like it's, it's, and the NCAA's are almost always like this. So I guess like I should have. Like been partially just been like, Yeah, this is going to be a really great meet. Yeah. But it it seems to surpass expectations every year.
1: It's yeah, it's perpetually surprising, which you'd think we'd learn after a certain point, but I follow it. I'm still I'm still partial to last year just because that group I still think's a bit stronger than this year's group. Yeah. But it's a lot closer than I thought. Yes, exactly. And this year's group is is so young. In the women's running events, only one winner was a senior. And who knows? Who knows how many wow. people are going to go pro for next year? But it was a very young group of of winners. But yeah, like last year with that that top tier, but also the depth. So like people like Benjamin and people like Norman and Sydney and Aliyah Hobbs and Jasmine Camacho Quinn, people who kind of got overshadowed because the top ones were so good. And then mm-hmm. you look at the distance side of things. I mean. Collegiate record holders and Josh Kerr and Michael Cerny, they didn't win at NCAA's, but they came in as collegiate record holders. Um, right. Krisha Swiser, who had went, won a bunch of distance titles throughout her career. So it was, yeah, it was a, a phenomenal year last year. And if the weather had cooperated on that last day, maybe we would have seen crazy fast times yeah, too. But that's true. We'll never know. But you're, you're po- like, the floor is so high for NCAA's just because. Somebody has to win, right? right. And it's like, like – so one, one more story and we can move on. I mean, people want to see this clip. We asked at the press conference, Kayla White, who runs the 100 for North Carolina A&T. She's one of the four women I said could potentially win. And Tiana Daniels, senior from Texas, also in the 100 and the 200, what would it take to win? And they said it's going to take a world lead. And that was before Elaine Thompson ran her time. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Then the next, or two days later, after the first round, I I believe I'm getting this, this timing right of when they said this, we asked them again, hey, the world lead, like, you know, they'd run the first round. The first round was fast, as it always is. This was So this would have been Thursday. You know, Elaine, you said you guys said it would take the world lead, but Elaine Thompson this morning just ran uh, 1089. You still think it's going to take a world lead? They're like, oh, yeah, it's going to take 10.7. 10, I said, listen. I didn't actually say this, but I thought. I was like, no, yeah. it was ten seven. It's crazy. Come on. Yeah. And then we're now we're the idiots.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and Richardson won by a, a good amount. Like, I mean, I guess it, it didn't would... necessarily take 1075, but it's the fact that that did happen is,
1: yeah. Right. But that's what, that's the time. The winning time was 1075. And she said, oh, it's going to take 108, 10, 107. So then I talked to her after that and I said, man, you were right. she said, I told you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a, not a lot you could say there. You're just like, yep. Stop, Absolutely.
1: Stop dunking on me. You know how wrong I am all the time? <laughs> Do you know how consistently wrong I am? So, Jason, we got some some big news in terms of naming conventions because after this year, the IWAf is not going to be called the IAAF. It's going to be called the organization formerly known as the IAAF. Oh, perfect. No.
0: The Clean Athletics... <laughs> The I Clean
1: Athletics know. logo. World Athletics. Are you ready to talk some World Athletics?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's talk World Athletics, um, which the rebrand um, is part of a plan to attract a younger audience. Because <sighs> you know kids. how younger people...
1: <laughs> Hello, they'll wh- fellow What? Kids. What is that? <laughs> they like, like logos. you want to
0: change it, fine, I guess. Like, who, I mean, who cares? Like, overall, it doesn't really matter, right? But, like... To pretend no. that this is like going to make a difference in like getting what's, you know What's the, the quote audience. here? What's like, the
1: quote here? The quote here is, uh, "Oh man, Sebco had a quote somewhere." But yeah, you're right. That was basically the the crux of it. The new logo and the new name attracting your audience. Did you see the picture I put up? It's on our Twitter page of what the logo reminded me of. Um, you know, I might have missed that one actually. Yeah. Pull pull that one up. I don't want to describe yep. it to you all in a, in a podcast medium. It probably won't work, but. It's uh, it's I guess it's an effort because when you Google IAAF, you don't want to have bad things come up. Is that the idea?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So we got a little Andre, a vintage Andre Andre Agassi right here.
1: The sunglasses, right? Looks like That's sunglasses. That's good.
0: That is good. Yeah, they do look like some Oakley blades. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, you know, hey, I appreciate. Um, maybe it, they should give it a sweet mullet like Andre has in this picture too.
1: Uh, how is if we're changing names? How is FIFA not changed their name?
0: Right, that's a good point. That's uh, they have the video game connection there. You know, people know FIFA. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh,
1: is that it? You, you you have to be like it has to reach a certain level of fame, and then you Yeah, I
0: think so. Change. And IAAF, I, I, IAAF, I guess is, is slightly clunky. Yeah, like I don't. Like I said, it, it overall it doesn't matter. You want to change the name? Sure, go for it. But let's like not pretend like there's actual significance, right? I mean, like that, that actually. If there's any changing the name associ- is going to change here's anything. the
1: sad part. The negative association probably isn't even with IAAF. The negative association is probably with the words track and field for people. Right. That's where the negative association is. If you go in deeper and you're like, okay, you're looking at bribery, scandals, and the like, yeah, okay, that's IAAF, but the, the other stuff, the reason people don't, you know, dope, the history of doping, all that, that's track. People think of track or athletics in the case of places outside the united states it's not the iaaf that they're thinking about how I many how many people even know what that is
0: the, the, yeah that's the thing is like yeah it's 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 a short list and in the u.s i don't think most people know that athletics means track and field correct yeah. people who aren't track fans i don't think i have any idea that what at, like if you were like hey what's the event athletics
1: and they'd be like oakland the a's yeah like, they'd be really confused Lincoln and I came up, we made a video, we came up with some rejected names that the IWF actually didn't use. Um, and my favorite that, that he came up with was Earth Sports, which I think would have been amazing. <laughs> I do like that a lot, actually. Earth Sports is pretty good. Also, Trackify, I thought was very hip, too, because you endify to everything and it makes it right. sound better. Right, yeah, it's true. And then he came up with track, but with a lowercase t. Oh
0: yeah! If you go all lowercase, that's absolutely hip. You know, like that's how you how you do it.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think, like if the NBA, if the similar people who are advising World Athletics were advising the NBA, like what would they come up with as as a as a new league name?
0: Mm. World Basketball, probably. Just it, like well, it'd same, be that plan? same thing. They just, just they just add World and then just yeah. say what they're describing, like um, Global Hoops. Well, yeah, if you're if you're trying to appeal to a younger audience, um, hashtag basketball
1: or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's so they should right? have done that. They should have done hashtag track. <laughs> that would have been so great. Uh, yeah, I don't know if older people realize what younger people are actually interested in. Because I don't think it's oh, naming. they
0: never do. Like, that's part of the thing, that's right? The like, old people are... And when they try to pick up on, like, what younger people... And I'm including myself in this. Like, there is a certain gap. Like, if you talk about, like, teenagers, like, what they're interested in, like, I am oblivious yeah. to to what's going on in that. And rightfully so, I think. You're, the, you're, the you're only Steve way Buscemi.
1: You can, that's who you become. You're, you're yeah, <laughs> How
0: do you do, fellow kids? Um, yeah, the only way, like, you look worse is trying to like imp- be like a part of that world and use that lingo mm-hmm. and it just just makes you look just exponentially older
1: world athletics are you going to use the term
0: I'm, I'm buying a shirt
1: yeah <laughs> putting a logo on it yeah 100 it's a track with the triangle cut out of it oh is there illuminati in here if you look hard enough oh i'm sure there there has to be right
0: this treasure map that leads to the greatest track (laughs) treasure of all time.
1: It's just Nick Cage and the Steeple pit. (laughs) Sign me up. Alright, let's talk Oslo real quick and Rabat, and then we'll do email.
0: Yeah. What channel is BN? What time zone is Doha in? I don't understand the point system. Where is the 5,000? I got a virus from this Russian stream. I forgot to set my fantasy team, I always select bitch. Every two hundred has Edward Alonso in it. This is the Diamond League.
1: Hit me with your Oslo highlights.
0: Uh, we got Christian Coleman running the hundred, which is, I think, on its own just makes like he's one, he's a big enough athlete where it doesn't even really matter who else is in that race. And which is a good thing because it's not that exciting. Who else is in this race? Um, You have Rogers and Uja and she like, but you know, it's like you really just want to see what Coleman does, especially coming off a loss. Like, is he going to really be trying to throw like a world lead out there? Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very possible. Um, Also on the men's side, you have like the mile and the, and the three K are both pretty loaded. You got Inger Britson's all over the place in both of them. Um, But in that mile, you also have Murphy, Solomon, Wote, um like i said two inger britsons
1: like mid and young um, this has gone on way too long without talking about sydney and the four hurdles I feel
0: like. well yeah i was i was starting in uh <laughs> and and, and, and normally i write out like the you know like who's in go ahead raids, i'm sorry and I'm there's sorry. one person in all caps on this whole recap that's true was that with an explanation point and it's sydney and you got muhammad little and carter against her too um, so yeah, we're finally, we're finally getting some Sydney, which you're right. That is, that is absolutely the highlight. I should have lived with that.
1: Coburn V Kenya too.
0: Coburn V Kenya. Oh, it's always good. Like, I mean, that's, you know, cause the steeple is always has a ton of talent in it, but, and it's obviously a, a, the Kenyans run it like crazy, which is, which is awesome. But like, you kind of need something to break that up to really, uh, you know, get me, get me interested there. So Coburn Kenya. And then the, the women's too, you got shippers, um, Trandini, Thomas, and Jefferson. Like it, it's there's a, there's a few stars in here, but it's not a. I don't feel like it's a super deep meet.
1: I want to see Mondo break the world record because it would be interesting to not win the NCAA title and then eight days later break a world record. <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> that a is very historical. True. I, I would love that. I'm looking at these robot entries. I'm pumped about this 200 for a lot of reasons. You got DeGrasse in there. Yeah, Ramagulia, the, but you, the
0: whole B squad. <laughs>
1: Well, well, no, and, he, got, he got Kenny B.
0: Yeah, that's that's the most interesting part of that, because he's going against Mun- Munai, uh, Gugliev, and DeGrasse.
1: His last race it, was at New Mexico, an, a junior college in New Mexico, in Hobbs, New Mexico. <laughs> and now he's running in the Diamond League.
0: Yeah, against <laughs> the world champion. Yes. Um, a guy with a couple medals, and Munai, who's run, like, 19.69. Like, that's... Yep. And he's... Sh- he should... I feel like he should win this. Like I feel like he's better um than these three guys. But but any one of these well, DeGrasse still has to prove something to me, but like these Gulyayev and Munya, like both will run like 20.1 like on a regular basis, but then throw out a 19.7. So mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of know what you're getting with that. Uh, but that's yeah, yeah, Kenny be in there like that makes that so much better. And he DeGrasse won we get another
1: DeGrasse race. He won his last race by 5 tenths of a second. <laughs>
0: So this he should this should be a little closer, I think, which'll be, hey, it's nice to actually have half competition,
1: right? It is. Again, his last race was at New Mexico Junior College in Hobbs, New Mexico. And now he's going to be in Rabat. I mean, it's just I love it. It's just incredible how quickly it turns. Uh, the other one I had my eye on was well, two more. Women's 15 with Debaba and Hassan and Simpson in there. That looks good. And then yep. the men's the men's 8. We didn't talk about the men's 8 from Rome, but Brazier got the yeah, win. Yeah, Brazier Mur-
0: got a got himself a Diamond League win.
1: Yeah, and he's not in this one. But six Murphy too. is, who was fifth. So,
0: yeah, Murphy, and you got careers in there. Rotich, Amos, like yeah. that. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can run fast, and uh, the 800 seems to be getting more and more interesting. Uh, oh, career's yeah. been pretty pretty dominant the past couple years, um, a year and a half or whatever. But like, it seems like everybody like uh, else is kind of it's starting to get a lot just the post rudisha It was rough there for a little bit. I feel like and you can say what, it's starting, like starting
1: to get, to get real. You can say it, say it's starting to get real. Mad real.
0: Yeah. It's uh, so I, I'm yes. I, I think that was, that was a huge
1: highlight for me um, as well. Mad real. All right. Should we go to email? Yes. House of run at gmail.com is the email address. It's, just, it's so tempting to dive right into state versus states. <laughs> <laughs> B- but we didn't get to Marshall's email last week, so we'll do that right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Marshall from Iowa, but currently in St. Louis. Drink. you been to St. Louis? I have. Okay.
0: Can't. I mean, you know, hey, I'm a Cubs fan. I can't say I'm a fan of St. Louis, but
1: I've been to St. Louis. Uh, he gives us a recap here of the Festival of Miles, which he said is the biggest day for track in the city of St. Louis.
0: Hmm. Uh, All right.
1: And he gives, I'll run through the recap here. He kicked off with a junior high school girls mile where Tatum David blitzed the field by over 20 seconds. Pretty impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, The next big race was the mascot 400. The Farmington Knight spurned out to a sizable lead in his track spikes, (sighs) putting 20 meters (sighs) in the field. In the first 200, however, down the home stretch, the weight of his armor increased steadily and he began tying up. This allowed Pioneer Pete of Kirkwood High School in Full moleskins to dip the night at the line in 100 22 to 100 26. Wow. evening concluded. I like the immense... mascot
0: 400. That's <laughs> that's a good call.
1: Oh, yeah, that that should be uh, a... they should have done that at NCAA's, like they should have had just a couple yeah. mascots from different schools, like in the area come
0: 100%. You know,
1: UT Texas AM, etc. That'd have been a cool one. Uh, he said they've, Evening included with Men's Elite Mile had the St. Louis Flavors Jordan Mann, my guy Jordan Mann, a.k.a. Nackackier Let's Go, a.k.a. (laughs) Weed and Chicken Tonight, a.k.a. (laughs) J Mango, Uh, and Amos Bartlesmeyer, both attended high school in St. Louis, returned to compete for the championship. As noted above, this year's field lacked star power. As a student of track, the only name I recognized was Ben Flanagan. However, the crowd was loud, and the fans were on their feet. As the race took off, people were sprinting back and forth across the infield to cheer on runners and lined up in lane four on the backstretch. Like most races these days, the pace was mild with Rabbit taking the leaders through in 201. Mann tried to push the pace, but it was clear no one was going to home him do the work. After pulling the field through 302, three runners moved past with 300 to go. Um, then Amos made a move down the home stretch, took the win in 358, closing in 56. It was a nice story and a fun event. Most importantly, we were able to raise several thousand dollars for a former Festival of Miles participant from 10 years ago who was dealing with colon cancer. I didn't know about that. Well done, everybody out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Two other items in case you haven't covered them already. One, I saw Dwayne Solomon cruise to a 155 at the Music City this past weekend. I did see that. Dwayne Solomon <laughs> ran a 155-800, which I didn't know what to make of that other than I think this is his first race in a couple of years. Yeah. Two, what is the best way to build an NCAA track and field team besides having a massive budget? The piece I struggle with is that teams like the Iowa Hawkeyes, who won the Big Tens this year, have the depth to win at conference but not at the national level. How do teams take the next step to develop talent and depth to win at the national level The Florida's Arkansas Women, USC, etc.? Do you look for a world-class athlete that can carry you in multiple sprint events and surround him with other great but not world-class spinners do you focus solely on distance races and build up a strong team that can put people into scoring position at 800 to 10k or do you take a bunch of strong high school recruits build them up over four years but then restart when they graduate love the show keep up the good work marshall from iowa but currently in st louis the answer to his question i think well it depends on the program first of all second of all I mean, to score at the NCAA, if you want to be competitive at the NCAA meet, right? And not the conference Mm -hmm. meet, which sometimes can be two different things, right? Because you could allocate your scholarships a bunch of different ways. But if your goal is to score as many points at the NCAA meet, that means you need people finishing in the top eight. And just as as we've gotten done saying, finishing top eight at the NCAA meet is hard. Like, like they're putting out world-class times here. And maybe not in every event in every year, but... To score in some of these events to make the final, I think 10 03 for the men didn't make the 100 meter final. Wow. 1003. 10.03 could make a world championship final. Right. Right? Like yeah. depending on conditions and all that stuff, right? So, and I'm sure it has several times. So, yeah, you need really, really good people because it only scores the top eight. That's just that's just the only way around it. Now, interestingly enough. Georgia, right? We know Georgia from a couple years ago. Well, they weren't weren't in the mix this year, but last year they almost won it. Two years ago, well, last year they won indoors but not outdoors. Well, they won outdoors for the men. Anyway, they've been relevant for a while now. They didn't win this year. But they're very heavy on the field events. And what their coach did was he basically moneyballed this thing, Jace. He looked for inefficiencies. And he's like, where is it? The 4 by 4 scores how many points if you win it? 10 10? is the answer. Yeah. How many points does a triple jump score if you win it? I think it's 10. 10. How many people does it take to run a 4x4? Four four?
0: I think it takes four.
1: Four, right? And triple <sighs> jump is I'm just one person. It. Dude, you're, you were three for three there. Two for two, I don't remember. But I'll give you full credit anyway. I appreciate it. So his argument's like, well, it's not really efficient to get a 4x4, four four, right? Because I, I need to waste four scholarships then for one event. And can they double? Sure, all that other stuff. But a lot of other events can double too. Where does the, Shaqai Richardson ran 1075, ran a world lead to win the 100. Did it take a world lead to win the triple jump? High jump, right? So, like, he found these efficiencies, and for the United States, a lot of times the efficiencies were in the field events. So, he could win them with performances that were relatively not as strong as if he was like, we're going to go right into the... Belly of the beast and try to win the hundred, the two hundred, the four hundred, the hurdle, right? Because those performances, right. it takes world class times to do it. So that's one thing that that people have been doing. But yeah, I mean, you have to have you have to have Holloways and Oda yeah, If
0: you can have someone, yeah, who can you know double triple up, like yeah. that's that that I mean, obviously that's the easiest way, but it's not the easiest thing to find someone who's amazing in three events. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's yeah, it's a good point. I mean, like kind of focusing on. This you know this like, I mean and those events are still obviously very competitive and you have amazing athletes but it's not quite to the same to the same level
1: yeah there's there's inefficiencies there now distance is interesting too because okay some programs put emphasis on cross and some don't right so then it's it's how do you how do you allocate your scholarships there um, a five thousand ten thousand double harder than a one hundred two hundred double I'd say. Right, like in terms yeah. of the, in terms of the the toll just it takes on the body, and there's differences right between conference teams and and national teams. You can have a good conference team, a team like Iowa that's competitive and can finish top eight in their conference in a lot of events, but then you go to NCAA's and the bar is just so much higher. So that's why it's hard. That's why team scores for me, like you, just don't really get me going that much because it's very very specific. And and you and a few people can win a meet, and that's all it really takes. Yep. On the same topic,
0: Hassan could win the NCAA's, but because she would just compete in sure eight, seven events.
1: Yeah, and it would and be she, awesome, and she's really good in all of them. But yeah, so we got on something on a similar topic from Craig in Rockford, Michigan. You ever been to Rockford, Jason? I have not. I, I believe. Been to Michigan at all I believe Rockford is the hometown of Dathan Ritzenhein. Oh, there you go. Craig can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he went to Rockford High School. Gentlemen, in last year's post-NCAA Championships episode, you received a question asking how closely you follow the team scoring the meet. I believe your answer was essentially not at all, or maybe you will show some interest if Oregon is in the running for the title. I remember this because I was a new listener at the time, and this stance seemed a little odd to me. The fact that as a country, we are pretty obsessed with crowning team champions in all the sports we follow, and here are two guys who follow a sport, track and field, with an interest level 100 times greater than the average person, and you didn't really care who the team champion was? Don't get me wrong. I do understand being interested in the specific performances of individual athletes, but you can still be concerned about the team championship race, correct? Well... After looking at the format of the meet, specifically the scoring format, I no longer felt that your lack of interest in the team title was odd at all, as the scoring format is pretty abysmal. Apparently, the NCAA Track Championships Committee consulted with British Athletics in developing this format. However, I do believe this is a situation that can be rectified quite simply by following the example of NCAA swimming. Yes, swimming. I will tell you now that while I'm a runner, in quotes, I've done 15 marathons, including Boston. I am actually a former high school swimmer, and while I don't have a weekly podcast, I would say that I follow it somewhat fervently. While there are some issues that would prevent a full-blown direct copy of the NCAA Swimming Championships format, using it as a guide is certainly doable, the specifics are listed below in my email, but a quick overview is thus. Swimming scores the top 16 finishers, relays included, with relay points being double the points of the individual event. Essentially, Mm -hmm. there is more value given to depth and relays, which leads to a much more accurate measurement of a team's performance. I'm curious to know your thoughts on the subject. And then he's got a little graph here of the championship breakdown for swimming points versus track points. And he includes other key aspects of the swimming format. There are no pre-NCAA or regional qualifiers. There are just NCAA qualifying standards that result in 50 to 60 athletes per event competing in the final NCAA championship meet. Men's and women's championships are separate meets held at different locations on different dates. In all but the longest distance, 16.53, which takes under 15 minutes for the elites, there is one round of prelims consisting of seven to eight prelim heats. The top 24 swimmers are seeded in the final three heats. There are two heats of finals, A and B swimmers, and the B finals are competing for places 16 through 9, while the A swimmers are competing for the top eight spots. I do understand that in track, finals qualifiers are based on heat placers, plus some of the next fastest runners. I think this can be accommodated. In the swimming format, for example, you have six heats of eight, 48 runners. The top 48 fastest qualifiers would be seated in the last three prelim heats. First and second from the final three prelim heats qualify for the A final, and the next two fastest also qualify for the A final. The eight runners in the B final are based on time. Distance events could be top 12 qualifiers in A final, vying for one through 12, and the second 12 qualifiers racing for 13th through 16th place in a B final. That is Craig in Michigan. Uh, I like this. I'm interested by this for sure. Two, the two problems I could see: one, I mean, so especially when you get above 400 meters, so much of running is about direct competition in the same hmm. physical space as somebody yeah. else. So points or sorry, places and times there are just are so variable. And I know that they do the top five plus the next two to advance, but that would be tricky. Also, I mean, this would just bump up the the length of the meet, obviously, and the sheer number of races, which I think would be a bit tougher in an impact sport like track. Now, you could say, well, if Morgan McDonald's running a bunch, and Grant Fisher and Wayne Colladi and Ali Ocean are running a bunch, like then everybody can run a bunch, which is true. But I think people would uh, people might ob- object to that, and that'd be pretty tough. Especially if we talk about people doubling, and then I have the B final <laughs> in this event, and then I have the A final there but that would definitely get a rounder picture of a team title. I think.
0: Yeah. Overall, I like this. Um, I can't, I don't think ever be in favor of a and B finals though, because all it takes for me is one time when the B final was faster and it would just annoy me. Um, I like, but I, but I like the idea of like, Hey, like if you're actually interested in a team title, like, yeah, going deeper and accounting relays for more makes complete sense. Um, yeah. Overall, I like this. I just yeah. I don't. I don't want a A final and a B final. Maybe you just you can reward points based on just time in the semis.
1: Right. That's what I was thinking. But then, and then it's I like, just
0: don't run a B final. I don't know. But so I just, just I don't like two finals.
1: So what do you do then with the wind wind reading? You just say what luck of the draw there, just <sighs> as you would with time qualifiers.
0: Yeah, I think that's all you can do because otherwise it gets it gets really messy.
1: So. The top eight advance, and then from there, whoever finished nine through 16, just based on time, gets points.
0: Gets points, yeah. I think that's what I would do, just like I said, to avoid more races, which, you know, is not necessarily against track, but, they, you know, they're trying to keep a relatively tighter schedule, and so that, you know, it's it's easier to watch and all that stuff. And I just I don't need an extra race to figure out who was ninth and tenth. Mm-hmm. But, but overall, I, I like the idea.
1: Let's go to Brendan from Santa Clarita. <clears throat> yeah. I was wondering what you and the other listeners thought were the most interesting but not largely talked about stories in track and field. My brain always goes to the story of Saed Saeed Shaheen, who was one of the most controversial athletes in the sport when he switched from Kenya to Qatar. But I rarely hear him talked about other than the current world record holder in the steeple. Curious about your guys' and your audience's thoughts about other athletes with interesting stories that we might not have heard about. That is Brendan.
0: Man, this is tough offhand to think of athletes. We normally don't think of because we normally don't think of them. Um, but I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like overall the listeners would be really good at this. They probably have like favorite athletes or interesting athletes. Yeah. Who's your favorite who,
1: random athlete?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and that I think could, could spark something good. Cause I, yeah, I don't really have anything um, that great, you know, in the, top of my head right now
1: we'll leave this one to the listeners favorite yeah. random random athlete and then just give like a sentence or two why next up is John originally from North Carolina still from North Carolina drink second time emailer first time grammar advocate or maybe syntax <laughs> advocate who knows you ask people to email in defending the use of states when referring to high school state championships when people pluralize state they are keeping the plural form of championships which refers to multiple championship events at a single meet makes sense this is obvious considering jason five minutes later referred to the world championships as the worlds as awesome as it would Mm. be to see a track meet between planet earth and some (laughs) far-flung galactic planet a la space jam there's only one world from which people are competing same goes for olympics for olympic games and indoors for indoor championship Mm. keep up the good work that is john all right what do you think of this and then i'll
0: yeah i i have to agree with him 100 percent. and yeah i guess this was me catching it but yeah we definitely call worlds worlds because world is weird and we don't always say world championships and it just yeah it totally makes sense i don't i still think i like in high school i said going to state but i think you know calling it states like makes sense because going to worlds and everything like that makes sense to me
1: here's why well i'll read all these and then i'll just say why, why they're wrong
0: Okay, also, the, at the end of this email, he says, if there was a track version of Space Jam, who's taking up the Michael Jordan?
1: Didn't someone write in with, like, a whole Space Jam story at one point? sounds
0: like something that probably happened. Um, me I mean, this. Bolt would have been the clear one, like, in his prime, just because the star power and, like, the stuff like that. But Ashton Eaton also would have been a really good one. Yeah. And for you, it's Hassan, right?
1: <laughs> uh Scooter emailed something in in December 2015 with Space Jam. Um, but it's mostly just an analysis of the movie. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, a spa- he wanted a Space Jam Award. If aliens oh. came to Earth intent on enslaving the human race Uh, and you had to choose one person to defend Earth, which runner and what distance would you choose? Gotcha. Uh, okay, that's, it's a little different, but I thought there was another one. Oh, and there is one. Yeah, Captain Crunch, Robbie, back in twenty thirteen, oh, wow. wrote one in. Okay. Oh, okay, old, old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wait, what's the question? Sorry. So I'm who off. would
0: you who would be cast in the Michael Jordan mantle, and which which athletes are being turned into track and field version of the Monstars? So you'd have like which athletes they're choosing for the aliens would choose for their team, and then we'd have to bring someone out of retirement. So it's Ashton Eaton, right? I mean, or or Bolt. I mean, like you have to have the guy. Yeah, who They, one the, they would one, overlook because he's not currently competing. Yeah. Um, which which I one, guess bolt? You know, Bolt, bolt, bolt could obviously finish uh, fit in that category too. Yeah, it's one of those two. And that seems like the easiest, yeah, solution is. those it's guys.
1: this is the meet sanctioned by the IAAF? Because I Castro Semenya, I would be uh,
0: World Athletics. Actually,
1: sorry, <laughs> wow Oh wait, that's what Castor Semenya should do. She'd be like, "Look, IAAF banned me." I don't see anything on this paper that says anything about <laughs> world athletics. There's no rule in the. Yes, I like that. You can't kick me out of the amusement park. <laughs> You're not real cops. <laughs> I am the law. Uh, I think Felix got to get in there.
0: Oh, okay. Felix gotta yeah.
1: What's she got to do to, to get a spot? Um,. Who else would be a good one? I mean, Lyle's I think would be a good like actually could I think could act too, so he'd be. A
0: yeah, good. that's true. Like you have the charisma and stuff there. And then who? I would, mean,
1: who would be turned into? Oh, so like that's basically who has like exceptional talents, right? Or just like, right?
0: I mean, yeah, and, and I mean, if you go Space Jam style, it was there were a few they chose. You know, Sean Bradley, Muggsy Bogues, because of the kind of uniqueness of them.
1: Okay, so you got to go Nasser, right? Because she's top, mm-hmm. and then Sean and Waybo. Tall. Oh, both sides there. of that. <laughs> right, the four hundred. <laughs> um, gosh, I feel like see everybody's so. I feel like everybody's young now. Like all the people used to talk about Bolt, Farah, Rudisha, Eaton, all gone. Yeah, it's, it's different. It is a young. So yeah, it's like it yeah, like who's a... who's established themselves enough to 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 get get that recognition. Um. yeah i mean Kip kipchoge has got to play something i feel like kipchoge would be in there as like the endurance guy mm, yeah start, too. i'll keep moving because we got a bunch of emails
0: yeah please do uh
1: let's go to let's go to kyle from wisconsin f- formerly yeah. from the pole vault capital of the world aka south dakota Yes, Hi guys, I've been to Wisconsin. this is Kyle from Wisconsin, me from South Dakota, where apparently pole vaulting Drink. has become a big thing since I've just left. Just asked Mondo. I made the mistake of asking you the question a week too late, what is the over-under for points scored by teams from the two Dakotas at NCAAs? I was thinking something in the middle 20s was possible from field events, but I didn't expect Mondo to lose to Chris Nielsen. Note that at about 10 million people live uh, Ten million people live in Sweden. Less than nine hundred thousand in South Dakota. I'm not sure what that means, but it seems to make this even more odd. I had to write in today as I was listening to your Diamond League preview on my drive into work this morning. Oh, we didn't. We forgot to play the song. Can we go back? I'll and pump play it. Song? I'll, I'll put it in again. And that, it's not uh, going to make sense. It's not going to make sense because I'm bringing it, it up. Right. Yeah, yeah, I should just stop saying that and trust you'll do it. I'm sorry. Sorry to. No, everybody. it's okay. I, it's yeah. Just as I was arriving, the Diamond League theme song was played. There's absolutely no better way to go about your job than having the Diamond League song stuck in your head all morning. I'm sure my coworkers were trying to figure out what I was doing as I silently mouth, this is the Diamond League over and over. And I know an update to Jason. A few weeks ago, I was in Vegas for a work conference, and Jason was very kind and gave me restaurant recommendations. Sadly, I only had one night free and was unable to convince my wife that food recommendations from track podcasts were how we should pick our (laughs) restaurant for our last night in Vegas. But I have your recommendations safely stored for my next visit. Thanks for helping out. And while in Vegas, I took advantage of the 50-degree temperature difference from Wisconsin at that time and went for a run on the Strip. To us tourists, that might sound cool, and it was great temperatures and conditions for an early morning run. But my six-mile run on the Strip involved 39 flights of stairs, according to my Garmin, which is a tremendous workout but definitely breaks up the run. Luckily, I met Chief during the run, which made it all worthwhile. (laughs) But in parentheses, it could have happened. Love the podcast. Keep the great work. Kyle from Wisconsin. Which recommendation did you give him for food? Uh, I know I ended
0: up telling him Lotus of Siam. Okay. Um, which is the, the you know the best Thai place I've ever had. Um, and that you maybe you've ever had. I mean, I know you yes. were as big a yes. fan of that as I was. Yes. Um, I threw one or two others in there, and then I put in and out just in case he wasn't a Western united states guy you know because yeah yeah if he's never never had it it's worth for a quick meal um i can't remember the other ones i put but but definitely lotus as i am i think was my first okay first recommendation
1: so kyle here's what you got to understand we're not just track podcasters this this food stuff is real to us especially well thai Ke- food. kevin
0: is yeah kevin's a, a pro's pro along this like he's but you're you're a big into the thai food scene too yeah, I, I mean, I'm you're not a huge Thai food fan.
1: You're not in Bangkok like every weekend or anything, but you're like, <laughs> you go out of you're, you'll go out of your way to eat delicious food. I mean, yes, for a month there, all you ate was sushi burritos, but we'll forget that <laughs> for this purpose. So, Kyle, you sh- you should have listened to us. I mean, let me know where you ate. I'm interested to know, but I guarantee you, it wasn't as good as Lotus of Siam. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I would
0: say, Ke- Kevin, if if you were if you're going to a city where Kevin has lived or has been to a decent amount of times. Uh, go with his recommendations because the dude the dude knows what he's talking about
1: I had a I had a really good like a, an amazing meal uh, in Austin a place I've wanted to try forever uh, this past weekend mm. and it made me think of like my all time greatest dining experiences not just like eating experiences but like a place where you sit down right? And, right and eat not just like a food truck and like Lotus of Siam's in my top five for sure
0: that's good like that was, was one of that the that choice yeah yeah Willie Mays is that in your top five?
1: That is in my top five as well too. Right? I agree. Okay. Okay. Um I should apologize too. Mitch hit me up on Twitter, not your roommate. And oh, okay. We were trying to meet up, and I I blew it. So I apologize, Mitch. I hope you come back to Austin, um, and we can we can we can eat some food together. At least say hello. I feel really bad that I didn't do it. Uh, mm. By the way, update as we're recording. Semenya won that two k race. Oh, okay. In uh, in five thirty eight. No idea what to make of that. Well, it's a 538, Jason. Yep. So there you go. Nate Silver will be happy.
0: I was just going to say. Uh,
1: all right. Ready for the next one?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's go to Zach from Washington. Second time emailing. So I'll skip the introduction. Great show as always. I've decided to write in not about the NCAA championships or the Roman Diamond League, but about much more important topics, state versus states. I do think that it's a regional thing, as someone who runs in Washington, people call it states, are the same people who race with t-shirts and half-tights under their uniforms in 60 wow. weather. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. State sounds much more logical. After all, there's only one state at the meet. However, okay, well, I'm going to stop there. So that's the whole point. <laughs> My mother, born and raised in North Carolina, insisted it's states, and she was no slouch in her own racing days, racing varsity on the three-time state champion team. Well, she maybe should have won four. Uh, her argument... <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of holds up is that you call qualifying meets districts or regionals or leagues even if there's only one league or region competing in that meet. Yeah, but there's a collection of them throughout the state. This is this is so easy and people are making this so hard. <laughs> Therefore, the logic should extend to the state meet as well even though the meets are officially called the SPSL League Championship and the Washington State Championship. I still refuse to call the meet anything other than state. However, as saying states makes one sound like one of your parents' friends who asks you if 5K is code for five miles – Anyway, the other day I was listening to the old interview of Alan Webb from a year or two ago. At some point, the interviewer Chris Chavez, Chavez does not get enough pub on the show, asked Webb <laughs> if he thinks his three forty-six American record will fall in Webb's lifetime. Webb answers with something on the lines of "Today's athletes are great, and they have a chance at doing it. And maybe if they make a four percent spike in the next year years, it would improve the runner's chances significantly." Which made which in his lifetime, of course, that's getting it broken in his lifetime. Yeah, yeah, hundred okay. percent. Uh, unless is all of 90 all of a sudden like no which made me wonder if a track spike will come out that generates the same amount of improvement on athletes times as the four percent in the marathon and how a spike would affect the sport in general i thought the concept was interesting and it seems impossible but if you told me four years ago that nike would make a shoe that would help athletes improve by at least one percent i would call you crazy well, one are your guys' thoughts on this and how a revolutionary spike that actually made track athletes in all events for this hypothetical four percent better would affect the sport that's all this was a long one, but I hope the email offers some input on the other side of the biggest issue in running right now, <laughs> that is Zach. I mean, the problem with a uh, track spike is you're running into a a weight thing. Because if you uh, uh, some of the some of the fat quote unquote fastest track spikes right now are basically like a spike plate attached to your foot, right? Like that's it. Right. So if you're putting a carbon plate in there in the same way that it's in the four percent, I'm. Sh- Maybe it'll help, and maybe that'll outweigh the additional um the the negative impact of the extra weight, but it won't it won't be as one sided I don't think
0: yeah, and if you actually made a four percent difference, you're talking
1: okay well, we over eight
0: over Jason, eight seconds in the Jason mile
1: doesn't believe it he's not a believer well,
0: you're no. talking over eight seconds in the mile, four seconds in the eight hundred like i mean th- the record books would be just obliterated like by by a lot. Like it wouldn't even be Yeah. You know, I mean you'd ha- and you'd have guys just just every single event would be would really be altered drastically. Even even the hundred, you're talking
1: point four seconds. That's Yeah.
0: Every every ten flat guy
1: becomes Usain Bolt. Well we all and then we'll all be we'll all realize that Ilya Kipchoge was a giant fraud <laughs> and none of this counted and the real record holder is Dennis Cameto. <laughs> Ward from Belgium. <laughs> Yep. I have no dog in this battle. It's not my language, but I noticed that a minute after the state versus state's discussion, you both referred to the world championship as worlds. Should they not follow the same logic here? In my head, it sounds like it has to do with being, v- with it being state world championships. Many sports were, where you then get too lazy to say the championship part but keep the s. That's yeah, funny. Unless worlds he's, is special in the same trend as Americans calling. NFL, MLB champions, the world champions, despite not inviting teams from other countries, in the competition champion of all the worlds. But there's only really one. That is Ward. I agree with the second part. That's dumb. Like it's not the word. it's the year of the NBA champion. You're not the world champion. Um right. let me do one more on this because we have that's the last one on state versus state I think Ward is I think Ward is dead on. No, dude, you can't you're supposed to get my back on this, man. I
0: I had it, but then the world's thing swings me completely. Like, I, there's no argument against that. I don't
1: think. Uh, yes, there is, and I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm excited. Brian, who writing in from Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. Oh. You ever been there? No. Okay. That's new. Having resided in southeastern part of Pennsylvania, shortly outside of Philly, the plural is certainly the way we roll in these parts. I think Thomas from York, Pennsylvania, would back me on this. The thought of calling it singular state has never crossed my mind until you guys so strongly backed it. I had no idea why we use plural. You forced me to think about it, and I have come to the conclusion that I think it's sufficient. States is like an abbreviation for state championships. Yep. Rather than saying state championships, which is much too long, the world championships is the word excuse me, the word championships is dropped and state is made plural. The plural states is not referring to multiple states, but multiple championships such as women's and men's cross-country or the multitude of track and field events that all name a champion. I've never had this discussion with anyone and cannot confirm this is the true origin, but I do think this is, has very strong merit. I would challenge you with an analogy that might put the nail in the coffin and force you to convert the meat that Kevin covered in Austin. Would you refer to it as NCAAs or NCAA? I'll answer my own question because I checked the tape. Both of you refer to it as NCAAs, <laughs> plural. The meet is composed of one governing body mm. called the NCAA, not multiple NCAAs competing against each other, yet it is called NCAAs, plural. Initiation Worlds is not a competition between multiple worlds, at least as far as I know. Seeing these men in black commercials recently, maybe some of these track athletes are aliens from other worlds. Olympics is also stated as plural, shortened from Olympic Games. Surely not all these used plural are incorrect, are they? I'm on board with the t- with the terms worlds, NCAAs, and Olympics, so I challenge you to defend why you pronounce these examples plural but not states. I think I have a strong enough case to take this to a Swiss court. I'll leave you to make your closing argument. Now, Brian makes the best argument, and I would expect nothing less from a resident of Conshohock in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they have a great history of forensics out there, good debaters. Now, I mean, I read it as... I read the S coming from plural states, multiple states. I don't. I don't see it as state championships, and then you put the S on there. And the reason wor- it's worlds and not world—that's mm-hmm. to match up with Olympics.
0: But then that's- why is Olympics like that?
1: Why is it, and then why is it not Olympic?
0: Yeah, because it's the Olympic Games, just like the state championships.
1: Because there's there's multiple. Olympics, like there's the 1996, two thousand. Well, there's a year
0: every year. There's a state championships.
1: Right, but I but we we don't talk about it like that. We say, "Are you going to state next week?" Like we're not talking about it within the the historical.
0: I feel like you're losing that Swiss canon. case, Kevin.
1: Well, the Swiss, well, the Swiss court's better than the the Kaz court. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, it's just it's 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 multi. It's one state. You're referring to one state. And I don't care if the fact that it's state championships and you're taking the S from the championships. It's a one-track meet. Right? But, but
0: why why worlds? I mean, that's it doesn't make any sense.
1: Because Like I said, because it's matching up with the Olympics. <laughs> that's why. Which,
0: that, that's, a, that's a faulty argument there, I feel like.
1: And there's one world. And it's to avoid confusion. If you say states, people are going to think multiple states. That's what I think. we do going qualify the, for world. No, it's worlds because it avoids the – there's no no – look, S is a luxury. If you can put an S on there, I say go for it. Pluralizing things are great. My last name starts with an S. I'm not against S's at all. (laughs) Stop trying to back me into a corner to take an anti-S stance. I'm not saying it. I'm saying if you put it at the end of state, it implies plural. You will not have that problem with worlds because there's only one world. See, I don't think that's checkmate, Jason. I don't Thank think that's you. true because
0: I think if you're in, if you, if we're running in Nevada at Palo Verde High School and we're trying to qualify for states, n- I mean, everyone who knows that knows, hey, we're we're competing for the state in which we are running in. It's not.
1: But you said that right now. Did that feel natural? Tell me, Jason. Did that I, feel? Did that I'm feel saying, pleasurable like, I, coming I mean, out of your mouth? For me, for me,
0: I'm saying this is this is very clearly. Neither one is in the wrong because there's just to me the, the the world's states argument like is infallible like that just makes too much sense where I just have to concede hey that's how some
1: people call it and that, that makes total sense. Well, that's just saying because regionally it's different. You're I'm saying what do you, what are you gonna call it when your son qualifies for the Nevada state championships and I yeah. call you up I say hey Jason can you go hang out in London this weekend and you say no you'd made it to. <laughs> made it to state but exactly thank
0: you that's what I'll say but I I, I I can't say that states is wrong
1: also when you're talking about you're like we're like I just I, I feel like it it's it just it works so much better singular and I and I, again you would say it I would say it most of America would say it. we need one of those maps from what BuzzFeed where are you at Oh, I have yeah. a really I have an article idea that would get no traffic. How do you say <laughs> it?
0: Well, I guess it, it could get some traffic because other other sports are also competing. For, you know, to try to go to, to try to go to state, and so I'm you know football basketball player. I think it might, it actually, yeah, might, might actually might might yeah. happen.
1: Yeah. What What do they say? There? Put up a
0: flow track uh, on the flow track thing. Put up a put state up a poll. versus states. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'll see if I can do that. Well, so in California, they say. CIF, because mm. that's like the governing. That's like the the state meet. It's CIF state meet, right? Right. So, the, so they're like, oh, did you make it CIF? Interesting. I don't know what they say in Texas. I'll ask.
0: It's a these it's were, a complicated are, issue. Look, I like these. I like these arguments, like because we knew our listeners smart. are smarter than us, probably. So Especially certainly the ones me. From
1: so from in Pennsylvania, they don't. Yeah, pay. that was a very in Belgium. I mean, come on, man, I can't. I can't compete with Belgians. It probably like works for the EU or something like that. I, I got. I got to admit, I didn't read that last email ahead of time. I just sort of skimmed it, and then by yeah. the time I got to like paragraph two, I was like, oh crap, I'm in trouble. <laughs> John from Teddington. Yeah. Quick thank you for reading his uh, Pre versus Ovet mail. Love Couldn't it. help but notice that Kevin briefly appeared to lose the will to live whilst reading out the list of 5,000 and 10,000 PBs of Pre's contemporaries. I appreciate, therefore, that he made it to the end of the email and heard me out. I will endeavor to make more emails interesting in the future. To make amends, I just ordered my house of run tea and charcoal on Amazon.co.uk. Nice. Quick celebrity spotting from this week. Ben True and I briefly shared a lane at Mo Farah track on Wednesday. He was mm. actually running clockwise and stepped aside so this old man could finish his rep. A true gent. All the best. Oof. P.S. Yes, pre-beat Putemans in the Munich 5,000, but it was Putemans' fourth race of the champs, and he already won the silver in the 10,000 after Oof. running an Olympic yeah. record in the heat. Well, fair, great. Fair great. point. <laughs> <laughs> Scoreboard. Who won the 5,000? Thank you. That's, uh, that's good, though. Uh, wait, do you have an announcement?
0: It's it's not, not official, but it's... Uh... I I'm, I'm in the process of working on uh I know I know the plan was to be in New York for the London Marathon but there there's a there's a decent shot I'm going to be in London for the London Marathon next year. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Really good flights that are going to be hard to pass up. So going to drag my wife to to London to watch a marathon. And do
1: other stuff too. Are you going to see a certain clipper ship? Uh, I mean, I,
0: there's no way I'm going there. I, I went there once and I missed it. There's no way I'm going again and missing it.
1: Uh, keeping on, thir- on the uh, theme of people just crushing me, an email just just came in zero minutes ago, literally, from Jay Wilson, not a beach boy, line calling out Kevin. It's long list of ex-lovers, not star-crossed lovers. Hashtag Nurka for life. Hashtag Beat Nova. Hashtag T-Swift. Okay, that was that, I'm wrong about that. I that one mis- hurts. Quoted, That one hurts a little bit. I misquoted Taylor Swift. The point is people heard it as Starbucks lovers. I don't even know how we got on that topic last time. It was because you-
0: I the, – the Just Guinness – Oh, which, okay. Yep, yep, which yep. the easiest explanation for that is I mumble my words together and I don't enunciate. And that's mm-hmm. the most likely scenario why people heard just Guinness instead of Jessica Ennis. See, that's weird. I have to really it focus sound, on you that. You
1: sound like one of those old Chris Farley skits. I don't wash <laughs> properly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not what you call a pleasant person. A.A. <laughs> uh, a. Ron. Yeah. yeah. Last week, he says, I was out in a long run with a group of guys, some I knew, some I didn't, none were chief, just FYI. As we were talking thought. about different races we've run recently and over the years, it got me thinking when or even if it's appropriate to bring up a PR of yours in conversation mm. about running without being asked. No one wants to be the guy who comes off as bragging about how fast they are, especially when you're not that fast. Is there ever a proper context when this can be brought up without stepping over the line? Is there a line? <sighs> hey, Aaron, out. And he signs at Si's twenty fourteen Sportsman of the Year nominee. <laughs> because <laughs> he was a Royals fan. That's a great I, question. I can't think of a I can't think of a situation where I would be like, "Oh yeah, I ran this time," unless someone asked. Yeah, it's, or I mean, in, like a self. The, the topic has to be
0: broached, even if they're not directly asking. Maybe you can get away with it um, in a
1: self-deprecating way. Like I've been around actual fast yeah. people before, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm the fifteen forty seven guy here," and they're like, "Oh man." <laughs> you suck
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's really tough unless they're yeah i mean it's, especially if you're very if you are very fast um and your, your prs are actually really impressive i don't know what that's like but i'm assuming it's awesome um that's it's, it's even harder because then yeah you don't want to come off as that guy i agree and most agree. of the time people who will tell you their times of how fast they were are liars I mean that's not necessarily always the case, but you know the, the random dude you work with in HR who's like, yeah, no, in high school I ran a one forty five eight hundred, and you're like, really? That's cool, man. Um, talk to you later. And
1: yeah, are you are you Dwayne Solomon? Are you, yes. Are you are you Nick Simmons? Okay, well they ran faster. This is uh, Josh writing in, formerly from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, now from Greenbelt, Maryland. Drink. I don't know if you have. I asked you if you've been to Maryland. I don't know if you have, but I—I I have. it's northeast, so I haven't been there. Yeah, I know. I'm just keep going. Uh, question. How are the rabbits chosen? I asked this because after watching the Stockholm 1500, I couldn't help but think that sort of ridiculous pacing is the only way to hold back little Britson. Channeling conspiracy theory. Dwight here. Could it be that was by design in an even remotely tactical di- final diamond league worlds or Olympics? Worlds. Olympics. World <laughs> or Olympic. I'm trying to think about this again. <laughs> <laughs> I qualified. Yeah, I just. I don't know why. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's strange. I put my money, he says, on LB. Conspiracy aside, though, seriously, how are the robots chosen? Just watch the Rome Women's 1500. That is how it's supposed to be. Stay sharp to Baba. Laura's coming for you. And that is Josh. P.S. Win is, ch- is the chief interview. Mm. Rabbits, well, I invite you. I don't know if it's still in our... You call Bram Som first. Yeah, yeah, you say, what up, Bram? But we interviewed... the Before there was Bram Som, there was Matt Shearer, and he was That's on true. the show, a rabbit. I don't know if that interview is still up or if that was before we archive things properly. <sighs> we go into question. all that. I mean, basically, it's an accomplished runner who is either a full-time rabbit like Bram Som is now. He's transitioned to that phase of his career, and he gets paid a lot of money to... Not a lot of money. I don't know how much money he gets paid, but he gets paid... Um, decent amount of money to hit targeted splits, that's what he does Yeah. or it's a current runner that race management contacts and hits agreed upon split and usually everybody's kind of working in collaboration with whoever the, the top people are to try to figure out an appropriate split I and mean, sometimes it can come on from you know, come down from on high like we're gonna, this is the the mark that we want to hit and, and then you try to make it happen but it's imperfect because it's sometimes hard. the yeah, sometimes the pace is too ambitious and they can't get anybody to do it right, or sometimes they just screw it up. And sometimes
0: you do your job and then the no field doesn't you. go with you and then they get mad at you because you win at the pace you were supposed to. And it's the runners who didn't want to do it. I mean, and sometimes they just do a terrible job. That's just always a possibility.
1: Yeah. Uh, Robert from Fort Lee, New Jersey... I've never been a distance runner, so maybe you can provide some insight in this question. During the NCAA Outdoor Championships, a couple of the distance athletes talked about being more comfortable running either a fast race or a tactical race. Some athletes are not able to do both types of races successfully. Why is it so difficult to be successful at both? For example, Carlos Villarreal said he prefers a fast race. I would think a tactical race would benefit him since he can always kick in the last two to 300 meters. However, a tactical race is difficult for him to do well. You want to break this down, Jason, for Robert?
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's certainly there are obviously some runners who do both very well. I mean, Mofara was extremely dominant and everyone said, "Oh, you, all you had to do is make it fast and then he can't win and then he would it would be fast and he would win and then it would be a kick and he would win." Uh but for yeah, for some athletes they, you know, some guys can't run like top 10 all-time times. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like some guys just don't have that in the bag. Um but they're really really good at closing out a race. Uh so it's just I mean, as far as, yeah, why that's the case, not totally sure. It's just kind of two different skills. Um, and, yeah, a lot of times they cross over. Uh, but certainly you have some people who, who, you know, are going up in distance and just have that, that crazy, you know, sprint speed that they can rely on mm-hmm. but don't necessarily have – It's you know, maybe, maybe the base of miles compared to the base of speed.
1: Well, just imagine, imagine if the 400 wasn't running lanes –
0: Right. Oh, there you go. Okay.
1: So imagine and I know for indoors they break after four hundred, but it's this little different. So imagine an open four hundred uh where it was yeah, I even say six people, not eight, so it's not that crowded, but they're all starting, waterfall start, whatever, and they go. Imagine the different types of races that would help different type of people. Yeah. Obviously Michael Norman would be at an advantage going from the front, right? From the gun. And he could probably win any type of race so he might be a bad example but you throw someone say say no lyles wants to run a 400 right mm. obviously he would do better in a race where no one wanted to lead so they kind of dilly-dally around for the first 300 meters or 250 meters and then it turns into 100 right that would that yeah. would help somebody like lyles if they, if they didn't no one wanted to take the pace it's and almost
0: everybody thinks they can kick like that's a thing too everyone can, assumes they that they can amongst the, the chaos of however many runners 12 runners that are in mm-hmm. there that their kick will get them in the top three yeah so
1: you're you're rolling the dice but it's just it's and, I was and th- it's
0: it's let it's less of a gamble to run that way whereas if you do the uh out front flat out until you have nothing left kind of situation uh that can end up really well for you but you will also have people Dragging off you in the back and yeah. waiting to kick you, um, but also if you blow up, then you don't have a chance for top three. You're like you are running a very painful second half of your race.
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking of it. Maybe I've said this before, like a like a workout. So th- and this this will be another distance analogy. So maybe it won't work. But think if you're running like six times eight hundred or something like that. Mm. By the time you get to the last rep, is the best runner always? Any is he, gonna like be able to win that rep right are they gonna be able to finish first in that rep and if, you know if it's a group of two milers or whatever the distance is no not always right because the, the whole conditions have changed and that's what happens in in tactical races it's at the end of that workout it's who can run a, a fast 800 which is what one fourth or whatever the distance is. not the, not the entire duration of the race who can run a fast one with five other 800s in their legs and you get random people. that's why at the end of workouts sometimes like random people are, are are feeling good at the end of of workouts and they'll cross first. Now, if they if those sat same group of people just ran a straight five K, might get different results. That's also, it's
0: think. way it's really easy to know how to pace a hundred or a two hundred or even a four hundred comparatively to a fifteen hundred. Sure. Like I mean it's just there, there's just more variance that can happen than you oh, have. Oh yeah, I was the, just
1: saying like the the ability like the leading, I think it makes a big takes a uh a big chunk of it too, right? Like Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Aaron, another email. Wow. It says two emails one week. Just real quick, complete travesty that Bryce Hoppel of KU was not nominated for the battleman. Nineteen and know this indoor outdoor season, didn't lose a race to anyone, ran one forty four. He's my dark horse sleeper pick for third spot on the US team. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's that's one where it's like so far away in any other year. I th- I'd feel good about that. Right. But we just don't know at the end of July how he's going to be. But the dude yeah, hates it's... to lose, doesn't yeah. want to lose prelims. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. At first I was like, why is he expending all this energy to win prelims? Now I just like it. He's yeah. won 19 in a row. Keep winning. I respect man. it. Just keep,
0: d- yeah, keep doing it. Uh,
1: let's go to Eric and Iowa. Four women qualified out of the West Regional in both the steeple and the 5,000. The qualifying races were 24 hours apart. At the NCAA Championships, all four scored in the steeple and then went eight sixteen DNF-DNF in the 5,090 minutes later. Do you think it should be so easy for a dominant steeper to qualify in both races when the double will be difficult at the actual championship meet? I do not. That double was brutal. It was That's hot. Insanely hard double. And then hotter. And anybody doing a steeple 5K, it's just insane. You know, you wish... You wish the steeple could be run with 24 people straight finals so you don't have to run prelims because then you could run it on the first day with the 10K because there's not there's no 10 K steeple doublers right? and it'd be fine. But the problem is you have to run it in with heats and with the way the men's, women's men's, women's schedule set up. It's not designed to do it. I mean, one woman got all American in both, but I mean, Ali O'Shander won the steeple and then obviously was way back in the, in the 5k, but yeah, I wouldn't try it. <laughs> that's, that's
0: yeah. Rough. That's, I mean, the steeple is one of, obviously one of the more brutal races there is. 5K is is up there. I mean, that's just and like you mentioned, the, the weather on top of that. That's just a mm-hmm. insane, insane double.
1: Yeah. So I think what he's saying is, don't make it as easy to do it at the prelim meets. Then you get more variance in in, in who actually makes it, which might not be a bad idea. M- you know, mimic mimic the actual championship schedule a little better. Right. When you anytime you tweak the schedule, there's going to be issues with it, and yeah, it's just it seems colla- like it. collateral damage. Uh, Brian, the emailer for me from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania. Hey, guys, Drink. as a middle distance and distance runner, I have a certain bias for which events I enjoy in track and field. That being said, over the last few years, I've come to enjoy watching the sprinting events just as much, and in some cases, more than looking at you, men's 1500. The distance races. This past weekend was a prime example. Norman versus Lyles, Hollywood for Roberts, Richardson with a monster colli- uh, coll- <laughs> collegiate record. Uh,. Odadoru is insane double. I certainly have the show to thank for my increased interest in sprints. Well, Jason and I were big spinners back in our day. That's why. <laughs> Clearly the hotter the better for events 200 and down, but the 400s and 800s didn't suffer. This bodes well for Doha. Do you guys have a favorite performance from the weekend? Yeah, mine's Holloway's versus Robert, so will be mine. Also, I'd like to nominate Ali Oshaner for post-race interview of the year after her steeple victory. Must must feel pretty good to never lose in an event in your entire life. <laughs> Let's hear your way-too-early predictions for some locks for next year's title. Shirley Mondo. I went pro. Ostrander and Colladier are among the picks. Of course, a lot depends on who turns pro and who returns. That is. Uh, yeah, Brian. does Roberts
0: come back? Because so I feel pretty good about him. No, he's going pro. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Holly yeah. um, Roberts, pro. Don't know about Richardson. Don't know about Odaduru. Mondo, pro. So, I mean, there were a lot of, like I said, not that many senior winners. Yeah. But, but if you win, the thing is, if you win an NCAA title, the meat is so good at this point that people are going to start talking about you being pro, especially in the sprints and hurdles. It doesn't matter what, yeah. like what, uh, what, what year you are. People are going to think, oh yeah, this person's got pro potential. Uh, I'll take, well, if she doesn't go pro Angie Nellis, cause she's won two in a row in the 200 and she beat Richardson already. She's pretty solid. I'll take her distance wise, man. That's tough for the man. I mean, Fisher McDonald, both gone. Yeah. Clayton Young, won the men's 10K, he's a senior. Kaladi. Yeah, Kaladi. Kaladi's a good one. Mm. I'll take Kaladi. I think Kaladi will... F- I think she'll find a way to double up next year. Although, that was a, that was a tough double, too, even two days apart. Um, yeah, it's cool that people are not in sp- Like, distance people should be interested in sprints. Because it's just what you do, but faster. Now... I understand sprint people aren't interested in distance because maybe you're just like, that's a long time and not that exciting and they're not going that fast. I get that. But if you're interested in the 5,000, you should be interested in the 400.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, when we started the show, I think I was more interested in mid distance stuff too. mid distance, distance, um, you know, and then there's bolt who was just kind of bigger than the sport, but yeah, the more, the more you focus on it, it's it's really easy to get caught up in just how good everyone is at everything. So yeah, I, I would say I'm, you know, the, the, depending on you know, it's just the athletes too. I mean, the the four hundred has been my my big uh, love lately too, just because.
1: Well, the two hundred, or really, well, yeah. the, the
0: two hundred I love, but it, it just it doesn't love me back.
1: <laughs> I'll say this: no distance runner came to the mix zone yelling, "Eat your words." It's over the weekend. It's unfortunate. So you, you, you have that as well too to thank for sprints and hurdles. All right, that's it. That's the show. Went a little long this week, but thanks everybody for writing in, and it was a big week of track and field. Let's keep it going. Two Diamond Leagues this week. Excited to see what people think of the races in Rabat and Oslo. gmail.com is the email address. Again, if you want a shirt, head on over to our website, houseofrun.com. And you can find the link and buy a shirt. And Jason might be going to England, so stay tuned for that too.
0: That's, yeah, this was a a fun show, really long, over 100 minutes, but uh, hopefully, you know, we kept you going through uh, a very long run. Yeah, so long,
1: I gotta bounce, I gotta go. We'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Jessica Ennis. I'm coming for the Cuddy Sark. (laughs) Taking her out to sea.